0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about
1: Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Let's
0: pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of coming together to worship you, to honor you in this place. And also to study your word together. We know your word is not just intellectually learned, but spiritually discerned. It's supernaturally received by revelation. And so we ask that your spirit anoint our ears to hear accurately what thus saith the Lord. Our hearts to receive and our minds to be open to the truth that renews our minds, hallelujah, and sets us free. Thank you for changing us by what we hear from glory to glory as we submit to the leadership of your Holy Spirit and allow him to move upon our hearts and minds and conform us to the very image of Jesus. We surrender our hearts to you. We yield our wills to you. We give you our undivided attention that we might learn, Father God, from your word tonight. Be glorified in all that is said and done. Make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to proclaim truth and power and demonstration that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but the power of the living God and the resurrected Christ. And for all things, we'll give you the praise, you the honor, and you the glory that you deserve in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're talking about the glory of God. We started this on Sunday morning talking about the glory of God. For those that you weren't here, just a quick little review. Ichabod is a word or a name that means departed glory or without glory or the glory has departed. Any way you want to say it. And no devout Jewish person ever wants to hear that word, Ichabod. Because it means that the glory has been lifted, the glory has departed, and the glory or the presence or the manifested presence of God is no longer among the people. Who wants to hear that? Would you want to hear that? No, none of us should want to hear that. The glory has departed. Well, the glory was kept in the Ark of the Covenant in Israel, first in the tabernacle and then in the temple. And they brought that Ark of the Covenant everywhere they went. And it meant that the divine presence of God was housed there. And of course, when in manifestation, great and mighty things took place. It made Israel more than just another nation. It made them invincible to their enemies. It meant that if you messed with Israel, you messed with the Creator of all things well you know as well as I do that the Israelites didn't always walk with God like they should right and whenever they sinned against God and the glory would depart then it made them an ordinary nation who wants to be ordinary when you can have the glory and the power and the majesty of the living God resting upon your soul right And a great way, I believe, to illustrate it is when we talked about Samson. When Samson had his locks of hair, you couldn't touch him. He could pick up the jawbone of a donkey and kill 1,000 Philistine warriors. No problem. And of course, they thought he's this mighty man of valor. Well, once he rebelled and did what he did and lost all of his hair and was shorn and the glory departed he became an ordinary individual without the ability even to defend himself any longer you think a a lesson was learned there in the life of samson not to get caught up in pride, not to think you can do it on your own or you can do it your own way or that it even belongs to you and you can use it the way you want to use it and do with it what you want to do with it. It was his glory, it was his power, it was his might and majesty that rested upon Samson and when he was doing the will of God for his life, of course, God honored that. And we know his story. He had many downfalls. Well, The church, and we are the church, without glory becomes ordinary. The church without the glory, majesty, and power of the most high God resting upon it becomes just a religious institution or organization. Having a form of religion, but denying the power thereof to change a human life. I don't know about you. But I need changed. Do you need changed from glory to glory? Man, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I'm, I see. Aren't you glad? And what did that? God, by his spirit, sought you out, sought me out. Praise God, didn't let go until he got a hold on us. He grabbed a hold of us and said, you're living for me. Amen. If you want to, you can live for me. And he got a hold of me. And praise God, I thank God for the day that he did. Well, Jesus, when he was here upon the earth, he made it very clear to the Israelites that, look, because you turned your back on the Savior of the world, your Messiah, he said, your house, he used to call it my father's house, my house. But now he said, your house is left Unto you, desolate, empty, deserted. And when he gave up the ghost, when he died on Calvary's cross, and that veil was in twain from top to bottom, the Shekinah glory left the Ark of the Covenant, the earth made holy of holies, and it went up to heaven. So in other words, their house now, which was his house because he occupied The house in the Ark of the Covenant is empty, deserted. There's no longer any glory there. And guess what? They continued going through the motions. They continued doing the rituals. All that they did before, but the only thing now was the Shekinah glory is gone. You can walk in right there where the high priest was only allowed to walk in. Nothing would happen to you. Why? Because it's nothing but an ordinary temple now. The living God is not there. The presence of His glory is not there. The power of His majesty is no longer there. It's on up there in the heavenly. Well, thank God on the day of Pentecost. Man, if you don't got your shouter working tonight, you better get that shouter going tonight. Because on the day of Pentecost, a Shekinah glory came from heaven above it left the earth made went up to the heavenlies and then came back and jesus fulfilled what his word what he said he would do in the word you destroy this temple in three days i'm going to rebuild it and he rebuilt it in you he rebuilt it in me and he sent his shekinah glory to prove and demonstrate that he does does no longer doesn't live in temples made with men's hands he lives praise god within the hearts of men you are the temple of god you house the glory the majesty the power of the most high god can you say amen He's living in you to live his big life through you to manifest his glory in you and through you to accomplish his purposes here in the earth. And so you see, every single one of us is a mobile home unit, the temple of the most high God everywhere we go. Hallelujah. And it's up to us to transport the glory with us everywhere we go. Praise God. We can give place to it or not. It's up to us. Well, Uh, Other things that we brought out, it's not here, but um, some of the things that caused the glory to fade in the lives of the Israelites, well, they mistreated the Ark of the Covenant. They viewed it as a rabbit's foot. just like a rabbit's foot, a good luck charm. And they thought, whenever they're in trouble, we'll just bring it out here. Well, guess what? When they were living wrong, they brought it out. But God did not defend them. God did not defy- fight for them. Why? Because they misused it. His presence. It's not a good luck charm. Then, like a trophy, put around all the other gods in the Philistine, at the camp of the Philistines. And the, there, there it was, just put up there before Dagon, Dagon. And what happened? You know the story of Dagon, the fish god, fell down and all that. No match for the living god that we serve. And all those that ever say that there's other ways to to heaven. There's other ways, other gods and all that. Well, I challenge them. I challenge them. There's only one way. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And then, of, of course, another way was they lightly esteemed the sacred things of God. They lightly esteemed. They looked into the Ark of the Covenant when they should not have. And they died. Because you see the things of God are holy. And you think about this. Oh we missed so much of this today. Imagine if you lived back then. And you even began to snoop around the Ark of the Covenant. You were toast. That's a fact. You died. That was it. Why? Because God is a holy God. Now did he want that to happen? No. He's told them, look, you don't even touch the Ark of the Covenant. You touch it, you die. We're going to see that as we continue our study. Look in uh, Psalms. Now we want to talk about, well, first of all, my desire is to have the glory of God rest upon this place. This congregation of people. I don't know what you want. I don't want religious tradition. I don't want the doctrines of men or devils. I don't want any of that stuff. I want the glory, the presence, the power, the majesty of the Most High God to visit us every time we gather in this place. That we can say the presence of the Lord was without doubt in that place. Hallelujah. Manifested among us. You see, the work of God is a work of faith with power. Not faith by itself. Not power by itself. But faith with power, working together to accomplish the purposes of God. We need to believe the word of God. We need to believe in the power of God. When Jesus came, he housed the power of God, the Shekinah glory. Without measure, everywhere he went, and we see the work that he did. And someone with faith can come and touch the hem of his garment, and what would they do, draw from the power and majesty of Almighty God, and receive needs met. So it's a work of faith with power. So we can't just emphasize faith without power or power without faith. We've got to put the two together, merge them together, marry them together so we can see the great work of God manifested in our lives individually as well as collectively. So my desire is to have the glorious presence and power of the Most High God His glory manifest among us every time we gather together. Amen. What about yours? My desire is to see Him inhabit our praises, not just that we come out, open up a hymnal, read a song or two, and say, wasn't that nice? But I mean we worship Him until we drop to our knees. We worship Him until we prostrate ourselves on the floor. We worship Him until the Shekinah glory falls in such a way we can't even stand up for by reason of the cloud. Is that what you want? Hallelujah. Praise God. My desire is to have people's lives changed by the preaching of the word and the manifestation of the glorious power of Almighty God. Every time we gather together. Hallelujah. That's my desire. Now, as we continue our study. In order to achieve our goals. It's going to require a spiritual hunger in all of our lives. It's easy in America to be, become so complacent. Is it not? We've got everything at our disposal. Everything at our fingertips. It's all around us. And for the most part, people think, what do I need God for? I have a good living. I have a good family, a good job. I've got job security and all that. Hmm. You can lose that in a heartbeat. Just like that. We need to be hungry for God. Thirsty for God. Look in the book of Psalm 63. Here we have David, the man after God's own heart. O God, thou art my God, early or earnestly will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. What for, David? To see your power and your glory. To see your power and your glory. Hallelujah. I'd rather see his power, rather see his glory than anything else. What about you? As I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Why David? Because your loving kindness is better. Notice he calls this manifestation of his power and glory. The loving kindness of almighty God. It's better than life itself. My lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. And I will lift up my hands in thy name. Notice he's lifting up his hands in the name why? Because he experiences the power and glory and majesty of Almighty God. That's one thing to lift him up because someone says to lift him up. It's another thing when you lift him up because the power, the glory, the majesty of God has entered into your being. And i would say those hands just got to go up and praise and adoration to Almighty God. Amen. Couldn't you sense his presence during the worship time here this evening? Praise God. I'd rather have that than anything else. But I want it to increase by degree and measure, don't you? And then also in the book of Exodus, look at Moses. Moses here said, now remember way back in Exodus chapter, what, 2, 3? Remember when he saw the burning bush? He had all this contact with God, conversation with God. Well, this was growing in intensity. Look what he says here. And he said, I beseech thee, beseech thee. I'm pleading with you. I am begging you. Show me your glory. Hallelujah. He was hungry to see more of the glory of God. In other words, instead of being complacent and satisfied with what he had experienced, he wanted more. He wanted more. Hallelujah. It's okay to want more of God. It's okay to want more of the glory of God, more manifestation of the presence and power of God in our lives. Amen. Glory be to God. And then also number two is going to take submission. It will take submission, spiritual hunger. We've got a hunger for it. Jesus said those with hunger and thirst are going to be filled. In a dry and thirsty land means you're so thirsty, your tongue is sticking to the roof of your mouth. You want it so badly, every pore of your being is crying out for, for satisfaction from water. I want it badly. But also, number two, it means submission. We need to submit ourselves to the word of God, to the laws of God. Look at in the book of 1 um, Chronicles, in chapter 13. And they carry the Ark of God. Now what's the Ark represent? The presence, the power, the glory, the manifested presence of God. In a new cart, notice the word new, a new cart. Out of the house of Abinadab in Uzzah. And, I thought that was Ohio when I first read it. (laughs) Ohio. Drave the cart. So here we have names for your next two sons. Uzzah, And Ahiah drove the car. And David and all Israel uh, played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. And when they came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled and it shifted. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put forth his, he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, wherefore that place is called Perez-Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home, to himself, to the city of David, but carried it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Notice where the presence was in a place where he was honored. That house was blessed for three months. Imagine that. God moving in with you for three months. That's pretty good, wouldn't you say? Amen. Amen. But notice here, what happens is, David didn't listen and obey God. He was not supposed to send for that ark to be, he wasn't supposed to go get the ark and bring it himself. He was supposed to follow the commandment of the Lord as to how to move that ark of the covenant. But of course, you can see in David's life, over so many period of years, you can see him getting caught up in pride. And you can see it happening, you're going to see it in the next thing that we talk about, you see it happening here in his life. So he starts doing it his way rather than God's way, and when we do it our way and not God's way, it doesn't give place to the glory of God in a positive way. Look as we read in 1 Chronicles 15, look at verses 1 and 2. And David made him houses in the city of David, and prepared a place for the ark of God, and pitched for it a tent. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God, but the Levites." Oh! He should have done that before. For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God and to minister unto Him forever. So who was supposed to carry the ark? The Levites. Right? Now I don't know, sometimes you study these things and don't have all the resources maybe that you need. But um, one article I read about this, Uzzah, when, when he touched the ark, it said he absolutely exploded. Exploded. His body just exploded right there. Now, you have to remember this. God warned them. And he said, don't touch it lest you die. Well, they basically were nonchalant about carrying of the ark. See, the ark is the presence, the majesty, the glory, the power of the living God. Try looking at the sun for a moment. See what it does to your eyes. Just the sunrise is enough to blind you, let alone the noonday sun. And he's brighter than the noonday sun. And so when he touched that ark, it wasn't God doing anything. It was his presence, his power, his glory was there in manifestation. And as a result of David's disobedience and their disobedience, any one of them could have said, O king, we appeal to you. There's only one way this is to be moved. It takes a Levite. And they must do it by carrying it, bearing it on their shoulders, and doing it the way that he said to do it. Otherwise, we're endangering our own lives. So you can see then, it's going to take submission to the will of God, the word of God, to do it God's way. And unless we do it his way, we're not going to have the glory. Um, Also, there must be sensitivity to that which is sacred. Sensitivity to that which is sacred. And see, oftentimes you'll hear me say this even in our church services here today and around the country. Um, Sometimes there's not the degree of the presence and power and the glory of God because that there's not enough sensitivity to the sacredness of the things of God. It's important that we recognize this and make adjustments in our own lives to recognize and realize how holy He is. Maybe read Isaiah 6 once in a while. I saw Him high, lifted up and full of glory. His train filled the temple and the angels cried, Holy, Holy, Holy. Jesus on the throne, the Lamb slain, worthy as they bow down before Him and sing the song of praise. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive all that he is to receive because he redeemed us by his blood. Notice in 1 Chronicles 15, verses 25 to 28. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. It came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, notice this, that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams And David was clothed with a robe of fine linen, and all the Levites that bear the ark, and the singers, and the chenaniah, the master of the song with the singers, David also had upon him an ephod of linen. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord, with shouting, and with sound of the cornet, with the trumpets, and the cymbals, making a noise with psalteries and harps. Now, what's the difference between this time bringing the ark and the first time bringing the ark? When David brought the ark the first time, he wasn't wearing ephod. There he was basically boasting on his efforts and just how powerful he was and all that he did to recover the ark and bring the ark back. He tells him what to do and he, he basically overrides the will of God, the the commandment of God, how to carry it. So in other words, he's coming back. He's shouting and praising and hey, sometimes God's not in a shout in a positive way. And so he's going through all these motions and everything seems to be okay until Uzzah is killed for touching the ark. So here he is, basically, all the focus and attention is upon himself. But the second time, I want you to notice this, he doesn't do that. It took three months for him to learn that he should have moved it the correct way. And so now, after the three months of learning how to do it the right way, he does it the right way. And now there's shouts of praise and adoration and glorifying and magnifying God Because they did it the right way. Now, the second was filled with what? Notice the sacrifice. The sacrificial blood. Hallelujah. Paved the way for the ark to be brought back. Sacrificial blood. As a matter of fact, you'll see at some points it says they went so far and sacrificed the blood of an animal. And so far and sacrificed the blood of another animal. So in other words, the path was a path of blood that gave place to the glory of Almighty God. It's the blood, the path of the blood that gives place to the glory. It's the blood and the glory. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 24. So the second was filled with sacrificial blood and it was all about God. Here is what they say. Again, I can't say a thousand percent that this is exact because you just don't get all the details of some of these things. But many theologians believe that when that Ark of the Covenant was brought back to Jerusalem, this is what they were singing. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. We know it's prophetic. It's talking about Jesus. But let's read on. For he hath founded upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul to vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. Stop and think about that. There is a path of blood that paves the way for the glory of God. And it's time to lift up our eyes. Praise God. Away from the circumstances. Away from the situations of life. Lift up our eyes and see the blood's been shed. Praise God the price has been paid. Thank God we've been redeemed. Not with corruptible things and silver and gold. But by the blood of the Lamb. Lift up our eyes and let the King of glory come on in. Hallelujah. Bring him into our lives individually. Bring him into our churches around the world. Bring him into our nation. Bring him globally to the earth once again. Hallelujah, in manifestation. So, this, if that was the song that they sang, they were singing to bring forth the manifestation of the presence of Almighty God, and that's when all things are turned over to the Son. Praise God, and, and pray. <laughs> what more can be said? But then number four, there must be sanctification. There must be sanctification. Notice in First Chronicles, in chapter 15, verses 12 through 15, And he said to them, You are the chief." of the fathers of the levites sanctify yourselves both ye and your brethren that you may bring upon or bring up the ark of the lord god of israel unto the place that i have prepared for it for because you did it not at the first the lord our god made a breach upon us for that we sought him not after the due order that was the first time So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel, and the children of Israel, the children of the Levites, bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, the way they were supposed to, as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. This is what was to happen. So, in other words, if we want to carry Everywhere we go, the glory of God, the ark of the covenant, the glory of God in and through our lives. Notice what he says, sanctify yourself, set yourself apart. Reminds me of that verse in 2 Timothy uh, 2 and verse 21. This is from the English uh, standard version of the Bible. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel of honor, Notice, a vessel of honorable use set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. In other words, God likes clean houses. Hallelujah. And when you and I... Praise God, present ourselves before the throne of God and say, Father God, not of any merit of my own, but by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of your Son, I come and I thank you right now for cleansing me from all unrighteousness. I confess any fault, failure, sin, anything that I've done to displease you, but I thank you that I'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, so therefore there's no guilt, sin consciousness, inferiority, or any of that nature in my life. I thank you that I am an honorable vessel to be used by you to carry out the purpose of your being. And I open up my heart to the glorious manifestation of your Holy Spirit to live in me big and through me big to accomplish your purposes in and through my life. And that's when we open up the door, praise God, and the Shekinah glory comes in and manifests itself. Look at First Samuel chapter 7. This is the glory abiding and now here's a couple of more names. And the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim that the time was long for it was 20 years and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord." So here we have the presence of the Ark, which symbolized or, you know, it, it would house the presence of God, the glory of God. But it wasn't doing anything whatsoever, no blessing upon them whatsoever. It wasn't until they did their part that God manifested his presence and power and did his part among the people. But praise God, when it was uh, in, in the house of Obed-Edom, It was constantly providing provision and blessings for them. So, the thought is this. Every single one of us should want to have a greater manifestation of the presence, power, and the glory of Almighty God in our lives. Can I say uh, that I'm speaking for everyone here tonight? Do you want that in your life? See, we want God to work. We want God to manifest himself. We want greater signs and wonders and miracles. And we want creative miracles to take place. And we want healings to take place and deliverances to take place. We want captive people to be set free and liberated from the things that would hold them in captivity and bondage. Yes, we declare the word, but it's not a good luck charm. It's not a rabbit's foot. We declare the word of God and we continue to praise and magnify God until the glory of God manifests itself and destroys the work of the enemy and enables us to experience the work of God in our lives. It's a work of faith with power, the two coming together, praise God, to accomplish God's will. So it's up to us to make a decision. If we want that glory, it's residing in us right now, to manifest among us. It's up to us to have a strong hunger and thirst for it. a spiritual hunger that cannot be satisfied as the deer panning up over the water books i my soul longs for you i so long to have a greater working of your power it's going to require a submission to the will and the word of god a sensitivity to the sacred things of god you are a holy god and not esteem the things of god lightly you are a holy god And I'm going to treat everything that pertains to my walk with you as a holy thing. Set apart, sanctified for your use and for your honor and for your glory. And then finally, uh, we're going to be set apart and sanctified. Which brings me to 2 Chronicles. Look at chapter 5. Set apart. We see the whole thing coming together right here in the lives of these individuals. Because this should be what we want. This should be our norm, to be honest with you. And I'm pushing for it to become our norm. You join together with me to push for this to become our norm? This should be our norm right here. Came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. Are you a priest before God? The holy place is a sanctified place, a place set apart where you say, I am focusing my attention on you and you alone. And when I go to church today, praise God, I guarantee you the devil's attack is going to be in your car along the way. going to stir up trouble between you and your wife or you and your children in the back seat that don't want to listen to a word you have to say to get you so unnerved and so upset that when you come to church, you're going to be just flustered and frustrated and all that. And your focus and attention is not going to be on God at all. It's going to be on what you've just been going through and all that. Where would that come from? I don't know where it came from. (laughs) They came out of the holy place. For all the priests that were present were what? Sanctified. Hallelujah. Set apart. And did not then wait by course. Also the Levites. Which were the singers. All of them of Asaph, Heman, and Jejethon. With their sons and their brethren. Being arrayed in white linen. Purity. Having cymbals and salaries and harps. stood At the east end of the altar. And with them a hundred and twenty priests. Sounding with trumpets. It came to pass. it came even to pass as the trumpeters were as one unity to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord and when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying for he is good notice all the preparation before they sang notice what they did they were sanctified they were purified they had pure hearts pure motives, pure desires, set apart, one in God's way, and they were unified, they were in unity. When they sang to make one sound, in praising and thanking the Lord, when they lift up their voice with these trumpets and, and all the instruments of music, and they said, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister for my reason of the cloud, For the glory of the Lord, hallelujah, had filled the house of God. The glory of the Lord filled the house of God. You are the house of God. I am the house of God. We make up the corporate house of God here upon the earth. I don't know about you, but I want the glory of God in our nation. I want the glory of God in our state. I want the glory of God in our location right here, this locality. And I want the glory of God in my house. And I want the glory of God in my life. Hallelujah! And He gave us a means whereby to achieve this goal of having a greater manifestation of the glory of God that brings conviction upon those that are lost, that brings healing to those that are sick and deliverance, praise God, to those that are bound by anything.
1: Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school,